Greetings and welcome to 30 Minutes with Mark, the MJ edition. I'm your host, Mark Botini, and today we are going to be going through the first part of our conversation about the African albums that we enjoyed this year. This is a list of the 10 topmost albums that we want to talk about. Welcome to this one. So MJ, welcome to our very special end of the year review. This is the place where we meet and discuss everything that has made the headlines uh, and trying to just make a very compacted list of around 15 works that we really deem to be the topmost in the continent for this particular year. We did this uh, one last year and it was really, really amazing. And I was like, okay, let's do it again this year. We were supposed to do it every three months. But now, uh, you know, it didn't work like that. And we have to work around it at the very end of the year. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. Your list and mine really looks different. I'm like, okay, are we even listening to the same music? Because <laughs> yes, we do. And then we don't. Right. So yeah. we're just going to get uh, started with the list that, uh, you know, all the uh, albums that are matching on my side and your side. And uh, for the listener, we just gave each other a challenge of making 10 uh, top albums from Africa and five top EPs as well. So our list is formed like that. And these are works that personally I felt were really, really like strong. It's not that one is really greater than the other for exception of uh, very, very few, but these to me were really the topmost and it was really difficult to get to the list. I think we were going to, to talk about this at the very end on how we arrived at our list. But to open up MJ, we have four intersecting albums. At the Cool the Gold, Fetch Me If You Can. Yep. Burna Boy, Love Damini, Savara, Savage Level, and Sampa the Great, As Above, So Below. So let's Oh, nice. Yes, yeah, so those are like four intersections on the albums. So let's just start with uh, Adekunle Gold, Catch Me If You Can. What about this album that had you on, on the hook? As far as albums go, I really feel like um, Adekunle Gold has found his sound. It's not that he started finding the sound on, on this album, but um, he found it probably like two projects back. And he's really given himself a platform to showcase where he shines the most. This album was crisp from start to finish. Crisp everything just think about the vocal delivery the music um the mixing mastering everything was crisp about this album there was nothing not to love honestly i agree with you 100% it was really a beautifully made album it sounded amazing uh the sound in it is truly groundbreaking and adekunle gold has been touring with this record since then uh it was released on february the 4th 2022 It has a total of 14 songs and 41 uh, minutes runtime. Uh, it, it also had uh, hits like uh, It Is What It Is, a high uh, that he did with Davido and Sina that he did with uh, Lucky Die. This song, some of them came out a little bit, almost nine months uh, before uh, the album was released. For example, It Is What It Is, it came out on April of 2021. Are you still finding the vibe? up to this particular moment uh, on the track, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. The longevity is there, you know, and that's what you're really looking for. Um, where, you know, you can, you can listen to, to a track or tracks and, and still, still come back to it and be like, you know what? Yo, this is fine. I really like this. And I mean, like, The huge records, man. Sinner is a huge, huge record. High is a huge record. Um, it is what it is. It's a huge record. Look, the guy did his thing. All right. Uh, that was Adekunle Gold. Catch me if you can. And uh, MJ's take on it. So we're moving to another intersection album that we have. And that is Savara's Savage Level. Uh, Savara's Savage Level came out on February 25th, uh, 2022. It has a total of 14 tracks and uh, a runtime of 56 minutes. It is Savara's solo project that he did as part of the Alone Together project, uh, which saw individual members of the Saudi Soul group embark on individual projects. And this was his release. 
And to me, truly, as a drummer, I thought uh, that uh, this guy really went on and create a masterpiece uh, amongst uh, his uh, fellows, of course, with the exception of Fancy Fingers' Father Studies album that came out last year, which to me is the most reflective album of all the four members' groups. Uh, this one, uh, Savage Level, was really, really a Savage Level album because it sounded so beautifully, uh, the songs in there. Uh, as a drummer, I think, leading um, a, a band, Savara had an upper edge in creating a sound and mixing and mastering in an amazing, amazing way. We saw uh, co-writing credits going to BN and uh, Ben Sol uh, of Salty Soul as well and Soul Generation, but that doesn't really remove uh, the importance that uh, Savara played in this particular album. So MJ, I'm going to take it to you uh, and uh, we can talk about um, Savage Levo's album and how you saw it. I thought it was it was a really good album and a mixture of sounds um, for the most part of all the Salty Soul members uh, releasing their music. I actually, I, I, I do think that Savara offered something unique I, I don't want to say it's not the same as Salty Soul for sure, but I think he offered something that was more diverse than everybody else in terms of uh, the sound, the music. And there was something very Afro pop about it. And then, you know, the connections to other genres like R&B and just general sort of um, even Afro beats. I thought that was really, really cool. Whereas like when you listen to someone like Bien, Bien, I think he's got a certain lane that he sticks to, so to speak. Um, even Chimano's album, it had that almost like retro feel. So it was a lane. Fancy Fingers got his own thing going on there as well. So yeah, in terms of just how diverse it sounded, yeah, this album was definitely one of the albums that sounded really, really diverse for me. Nice and uh, very, very great to hear that. Do you have uh, standout tracks uh, from this particular album? Because for me, uh, a track like Kill Em Every Day and uh, another one that is Anxiety. These two tracks, I found them very on a different spectrum because one is about having fun and joy and everything. And one is about the pressures of being an artist and the anxiety uh, that artists are facing. And I thought that was a very beautiful playing on these different lanes and trying to create and craft a story around a narrative that, you know, you don't really get to hear most of the time when it comes to releases from artists on especially uh, this end of the world. Yeah, um, I had a few standout tracks. I don't think I was leaning um, more towards any of the uh, super, super popular ones, but um, songs like Changes, Kill Em Every Day, uh, Vibration with Karun, Balance. I thought that was a, a pretty cool track and More Than a Friend with Nyashinsky. I don't think um, it would reach the heights, like the dizzy, dizzy heights of like Saudi Soul success, but... There were some good songs there. Proper MJ. Thank you for that one. And uh, we are moving to another one, uh, the common that we have, and that is Sampa the Great as Above, So Below. Uh, this is an amazing album by Sampa the Great, who is a, a Zambian-born artist. Uh, and it was a follow-up for, for her from her uh, The Return that came out in 2019. And this was released on September 9th, uh, 2022. And Above, So Below really is the continuation of what makes Sampa the Great this amazing, amazing artist from Zambia. Uh, she has roots in different places like Australia and the like, and she really has been able to craft her sound and create a unique offering out of this one. We see in this particular album, she is merging hip hop and some folk sounds from Zambia and blues as well. So it is really a nice mix in trying to find a new lane in, um, in the music landscape. It has a total of 11 tracks and a runtime of 39 minutes. So in this one, MJ, have you seen the difference uh, between uh, uh, Sampa's The Return, that was the 2019 offering that she had, uh, compared to this one? Well, I think the biggest difference you can note, and this is key to the dizzy heights of uh, success this year, landing the Black Panther soundtrack gig and stuff, which, which is huge, by the way. I think she really found a way to reconnect with her roots to another level altogether. Even sonically, I believe most of the album was actually produced um, 
by MAG44 in Zambia. There's a whole lot that happens there. And I think that reconnection and being very, very intentional with trying to get her to cross her two worlds between Zambia and Australia and her love for hip hop in general and find a unique sort of sound. I think that's what you get with um, As Above, So Below. And it really hits the nail on the head. It's just something so, so good. And, you know, the even even the selection of um, the features that are on there, you get people like Chef187, who's huge in Zambia, but then what he gives stylistically is something, you know, uh, next level. Um, you get the supremely talented James Sakala. You get Koji Radical. You get Mama, Mama Angie, Angelique Kijo. Come on, man. Like the, the lineup I also thought was better in some way, but better in, in the sense of how it, it lands on the listener's ear, but also having some supremely um, talented artists like Angelique Kijo, who's multi-talented and uh, Grammy-winning artist. So that was really good. Yeah, it was a good move. Yes, MJ. I had uh, the opportunity to actually see uh, some of the great uh, performance in Zanzibar when uh, there was uh, the Saudis of Busara. And uh, it was really, yeah. really impressive to get to see her. And, you know, we really don't get to celebrate these uh, otherwise very big artists on the continent and the rest of the world uh, as compared to uh, when they do shows here. And she really did uh, a very nice show and performance. Uh, she has these two back vocalists, uh, I mean, Tio Nason and Mwanje, who are his very, very close relatives. And they just make magic when they're together. And I think uh, the song Imposter Syndrome that she has James Sakala in it was really one of uh, the standout tracks for me. Of course, without forgetting the one that you've mentioned, Chef 187, uh, never forget that uh, also got a placement in uh, Black Panther trailer and the movie as well. It was really, really, really a great uh, achievement for her. And she has really got some amazing endorsement as well. She has, I think, uh, running uh, an ad uh, with MTN, which that is huge uh, given the, the market that MTN operates. And I think, um, you know, it is only really, really going to go upwards from here because she has been giving us this beautiful track records uh, with her tracks as well. So we're moving to our last one that we have in common. And that is from the African giant himself, the Grammy winner and three times Grammy nominated artist, Barnaboy. Yay. We have Love Damini. He's uh, third back-to-back album after uh, Twice As Tall, which he won a Grammy for. And um, in here we have a total of 19 tracks with a one hour runtime. It is an album that Barna Boy said he wrote while he was reflecting on, his, on him now being 30 years of age. So it is that album that forces you to stop uh, and think about that growth and the things that he has been through. Truly, he has done some of the amazing things we have seen this year. And I am not really going to... Uh, be ashamed to say this is the man who is currently carrying the continent on his back and he is really doing an amazing job at that. MJ, talk to me about uh, Love Damini and how it found itself in your list. Look, Burna Boy is the torchbearer for Afrobeats right now. He's the torchbearer for what I would term Afro-popular music anywhere in the world right now. It's Burner Boy, and he's been that guy for the last maybe two to three years. And he's reinforced it with, he's been, he's been touring places, man. Um, recently, he was just in, um, is, it, is it Jamaica or something? Um, like last night or something. He was in, in Jamaica. Um, he even came to Zimbabwe, bro, come on. And to then give us an album that good, while doing all this and, um, you know, in contention for, for Grammys um, and everything else, to me is just the hallmarks of a truly, truly great artist because the album, to come up with an album that was this good um, while doing, doing all that stuff and making hits, um, and we even got another hit out of it, like um, For My Hand with Ed Sheeran, which is 
blown up. Last, last great song this year, but uh, For My Hand has really, really come through to take over too. I just think it's amazing for anybody to be able to achieve that. There's no lie in whatever it is that you say, MJ, and I really, really accept what you're saying as everything is very factual from that. And I think the thing that we were talking about when he was releasing this album was the very strategic placement of the features. We see Ed Sheeran, we see J Balvin, we see Khalid. Yeah. These artists from different markets inside this particular album. And do you think that has helped into catapulting this particular album in these said markets? Definitely. All you just have to do is look at where he's been touring. And you actually see he's pretty much toured all over the world. I don't know if he's gone to Australia yet, though. <laughs> but um, he's been in so many different places that you wouldn't even imagine because of these songs, but also the ability to chart in those places has done him some wonders. And he's really endeared himself to, I think, Burner Boy, where he stands right now, he is easily one of the Afri- African artists who's easy to identify to any black person, so to speak. It doesn't matter if that black person is African, Caribbean, they all, we all love him the same. That truly tells you that his music is international. It's not just um, African music. And then those collabs on his album just allow that star to continue growing because it's it's easy enough to just say, hey, the music is good, but the placements, the collabs, they're strategic and they serve a purpose. And he's done that. I love many tracks in this particular album, but I'll tell you one track that I really played so many times on repeat, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I could count. But the track Tony and Sin featuring Popcan, I think that was to me a very honest track. It was just beautiful to just see these two going around talking about this girl who currently is dating Popcan, the Miss Jamaica, Tony and Sin. <laughs> I really, really, really loved that particular track. Really? <laughs> so much so. I was just playing it on repeat, bruh. Like I'll, I'll play it on repeat so many times. That's such an interesting uh, track, just the backstory behind it. And I get the lore. I totally get it. And it's actually one of the um, big tracks from there too. But then they like, I don't know, 10 big tracks from this album. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't have too many that I would say like, um, I don't have one song that I would say, I just play this song. I'm totally like, um, I, I listen to a lot of stuff like Common Person, For My Hand, like I mentioned. I still listen to Last Last, like I uh, first heard it the other day. Cloak and Dagger. Look, I listen to it all. <laughs> you just have, might have forgotten it's, it's plenty. People were saying this was supposed to be a World Cup anthem somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, it would have been good, but I think sometimes... Um, that's just how it goes. It might seem like it's for that kind of platform, but uh, many times what you then eventually find is the song that becomes the song for the World Cup um, is not the song that you thought was going to be that one. So, And this happens every World Cup, by the way. <laughs> so I'm going to take you all the way to Asake, Mr. Money with the Vibe. Now I'm looking at your list and I'm like, yeah. okay, now this is the person that I, I really... I had to go back and listen to today. And I was trying to ask myself, where is the allure in um, Asake's sound? And by listening to his album, uh, Mr. Money with the Vibe, back again, I think I found it. And somehow I couldn't place him in the top 10, somehow because the list was already full. So he just ended up being on my long list. So tell me, IMJ, what comes immediately to you when you listen to Asake and what really has he taught us as Afrobeat lovers this year, because he has come out with something that is truly unique and he has been able to run with it. Given of course the tragedy that happened uh, in Manchester this uh, past uh, few days, we're really not going to be talking about that side, but let's talk about the music itself that Asake brought in this particular scene, the sound 
and how he has been able to capitalize on it. And of course, we are seeing some few artists trying to mimic that song. Ah, man. I think it's just the couple of things that really point to his success on that front. Um, One of the things you can look at is just the sing-along factor. Look, if you make music that people, particularly kids, can sing along to, you are probably going to be successful because we'll sing along to it. And I think that's the first thing you got right. But also, it's the fusion of elements that becomes, it's the fusion of elements that becomes um, the masterstroke because it's that sing-along vibe. And then he's got, uh, you know, the log drums going in there because we all love a piano. And then he still retains that Afrobeats sort of um, signature in that music. And that, uh, you know, amalgamation, everything coming together so sweetly becomes this unique, catchy sound. And also the emphasis being what I find particularly interesting when it comes to just uh, the Afrobeat scene in general is the fact that it's never really uh, relied on having, you know, those R&B type vocals where you can really sing like Whitney Houston or whatever. It doesn't rely on that. You just need to sing to a certain level. But it also means the music is comfortable for people like me who can only sing in the shower, you know? And I can sing along and feel like I'm actually doing a good job. And that's also a catchy aspect about his music. But you know that you're lying when you say you can only sing in the shower. You specifically. Uh, <laughs> um, I, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you are lying to us. The shower is the only place where I should be allowed to sing. Anywhere else, mm, tricky. All right. That was uh, MJ's Asake, Mr. Man with the Vibe, which is truly a groundbreaking album. You know, we only just look at Asake's career. It is really just skyrocketed out of this particular thing. Of course, he's now in a very difficult spot because of what happened in his concert at uh, the O2 Brixton Arena. But really the music that he has blessed us with And the pace that he is running with currently is just so commendable. MJ, I think there is one track in uh, this particular album that has me on chokehold, and that is going to be Zaza. It is to me just laced with stuff. I mean, a lot of tracks in this album are very, very nice and sweet, but Zaza to me is something that I can listen to and, you know, chill with it. That's a really, really good track. I think I'm stuck on Joa personally. <laughs> That's the one. I, I, I'm still stuck on it. But, but there, there are many songs I can say that about. All right, great. Now, you really like surprised me when I didn't see Amagama Deluxe by Nomfundo Mo in your list. Not in the short list, not in the long list. So before I just give my take on this album, what happened to you leaving out Nomfundo Mo? I took it out. Why? If I may ask. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I just I just thought ah it's a deluxe anyway. So Amagama would be on the list for last year. But that was a brilliant album for me. So and I had a feeling you were gonna have it anyway, so might as well leave it out. We're still gonna talk about it. <laughs> Amagama by Nomfundo Mo came out on January twenty-eighth with thirteen songs. And then it came out with five more songs on August the 12th. And this made the songs to 18 tracks. So it has a total runtime of one hour and eight minutes. And the first, very, very first song that we are hearing from Nomfundo Mo that was going to be part of this particular album was Pakande Lam that she has Shasha and Ami Faku there. And immediately after hearing that particular song that came out last year on October, I was like, okay, here we are really listening to something that is unique and groundbreaking because that sound that you have like a Mascandi guitar playing behind these beats really takes you back to the essence of what the SA music scene has been, but yet it is very unique and 
you know, like I think I, I, I can't have, find like proper words. I think I'm running out of vocabularies to just say how amazing uh, music can be. And this is a testament when it comes to this particular body of work. We are seeing a very nicely produced album. And to me, really, uh, this was a Grammy contender for this year. Like no Hell other yeah. way I was going to put it because it is just beautifully made. It sounds amazing. It really just gives you that fresh perspective to the music. You know, you're not really listening to I'm a piano. You're not really listening to just the normal Afropop or Afrobeats that everyone is doing, but you are really listening to a sound that is uniquely Nomfundo Moors. And that is the beauty of this particular album for me. I totally agree. It's very hard to find a project which you can say, you know what, this sound was truly, truly made for this artist. It's very hard to find a sound like that. And to me, that's what makes Amagama in general, just uh, the, the original album and the deluxe so beautiful because the first time and we we share the same sentiment on this. The moment you hear Parade Lami, you're like, OMG, what just happened here? Because it's a sound that you know is, um, there's something South African about it. However, it's not leaning on any of the popular sounds right now. And it's like, to stand out from all the noise, especially with Ama Piano rocking like it was, especially last year, man, that's crazy. That is crazy. That album is just like, it's one of the most intriguing albums I've heard probably in my life. No cap detected. So I'm just going to remain in SA. And here we come across Freddie K and Tyler in the album Freddie vs. Tyler that you have in your mm -hmm. list. So tell us about this particular one, MJ. What stood out for you in this one? Freddie versus Tyler is the quintessential Skija, Amapiano album, uh, Bacardi. If you want to listen to Amapiano in this subgenres, the Skija, Inquiry, uh, Bacardi, this is the album you listen to. It's not a very long album. It's probably like eight tracks or something, uh, but it's got some pr pretty long songs. I think the longest one is like eight minutes and 40 seconds, which is long. Um, but in terms of what it brings to the table. I think they created an album which offers the a true sound palette across all the popular sort of Amapiano sounds and artists, so to speak. Because besides them doing their own thing, uh, for example, they I think uh, maybe two or three songs, maybe four that are just instrumental songs. So that's more to the Skija side. But you also get some of the biggest Amapiano acts by Deep, Young Stana, uh, Focalistic, Murumba Pitch, they're on there. But what I also liked about this album, and people don't hate me for saying this, it was so good without any input from Kabza or Maporis. So there was something there, but just the quality of the music, uh, the texture of the sounds and what they came up with, it's underrated, but it's one of the best of the year for sure. That is great to hear. I'm just definitely going to be bumping this before the year ends. Just so you know, because I want to have, I don't want to miss out on that Skija uh, vibe. So from South Africa, I'm just going to take you all the way to Nigeria again. And this time I'm talking about World, uh, My World With You album. He's offering after uh, the Afro Soul EP that he released in 2020. And of course, uh, I Love Girls With Trouble. That was a very successful project that he did. Yeah. So this has a total of 19 tracks and uh, a total of one hour runtime. It is a beautiful body of work because Wold, I wouldn't really have thought Wold would sound this beautifully alone without SARS because their project, I Love Girls With Trouble, was so, so successful. And I was like, okay, how is this man going to top this particular album? anytime soon and he really came around two years later 
in this dreamy seascape of sounds that he really doesn't afraid to push to the absolute limits and creating something that is so groovy and so beautifully nice. Again, this is another sound that comes out as a very unique offering in the current Afropop sound. And that is just wooled as he is. You hear some very beautiful love songs in here and very, very, very nice mellow tunes. His sound is just so dreamy. You might really end up getting lost in there. It is like a complete world of sound. And he's singing with this conviction and the vulnerabilities come out as they want to come out. It is really uh, an album that I enjoyed listening to. And I have several tracks in there that are very beautifully made. Stuff like uh, Press, uh, Sad Thoughts and Toxic that he has uh, Landstrip Cheap uh, featured in there. You're just going to love the body of work in its whole. Like these two, three tracks for me were something that I kept going back and back. And, you know, even playing the album multiple times, just finding it, finding its way in my heart more and more every time I played it. How about the one with major league DJs, bro? That was also a very nice surprise in this particular album. But I think they have also worked together on another track that he released a little bit later uh, after he released the album. And I found the sound to be just beautiful because it really is merging that I'm a piano with this outstanding vocalist that is old. So definitely these two have found a very nice way of working together. And of course, producing tracks that are just, you know, just amazing stuff. Like it's groundbreaking to get to hear uh, how uh, he sounds on top of uh, a major league DJ's produced uh, track. And I think they might still work together again uh, because now this is their second time working together. So definitely it was a pleasant surprise to get to hear a major league DJ's first in the album and also now in his other solo release. I feel like World takes you to a different place when it comes to music, you know, like um, almost like a psychedelic uh, sort of journey. That's how dreamy the music is. Exactly, exactly that. It's not, it's very hard to, to kind of place it, but you know, those artists that almost exist on the fringes of music being a state of mind. Yes so to speak that's where i place this album and i actually think it's a really really good album as well i'm really not going to add anything to that to what you've said that this is an artist that makes music as a state of mind because i really can connect so much with that feeling and i think in one time or another i was really i felt like i was inside you know really this world that was created by world in this particular album. Exactly. It's like you're floating within his world and hearing echoes of his thoughts and feelings coming at you from different directions. And you're like experiencing this music from um, this mental state, which is not human. I like it. Amazing stuff, bro. So I'm moving to Omale, Boy Alone. This is his debut album, by the way. So tell me about Boy Alone. I went back and listened to it today and I found myself just favoriting every track that I came across. And I didn't feel the same way when Boy Alone was being released several months ago. And this just made me realize that some bodies of work tend to grow in you, that you might really not find them interesting in the first listen or even the second listen or even the first months of you listening to them. But as time progresses, you find that you are finding more context in their mastery and how and what the artist wanted to communicate by the time they were releasing this particular album. At least that has been me in the case of Omalay's Boy Alone. Yeah, Boy Alone, for me, I knew from, from the time it was released that this one, it would be a problem <laughs> and it would be a slow burner because of the style of music that he did. Omale is very good at releasing music, which might not instantly hit you. But then the more you hear it, you're like, okay, this guy has done something. 
of the whole album, I, I will say this. The only song that I totally do not mess with at all is the one with Justin Bieber. I thought they should have never done that song. It didn't sound the way, it didn't play to Omale's strengths, in my opinion. Neither did it play to Justin Bieber's strengths either. But somewhere, somehow, it's probably the biggest song from this album, just based on Spotify streams. However, be that as it may, almost every other song has got such a unique place in many, many playlists out there. And he really found another level to his element to just capture the hearts of the listener. There's very little to fault on this album. Yeah, he must just keep pushing because this is such a good album, man. I remember when Woman was coming out, right? He teased it first uh, on Twitter and I think on TikTok. And I went by, listened to that particular piece that he released so much so that when Woman arrived, I was like, oh, I'm already underwhelmed. You know, because <laughs> I really just like replayed that I think was maybe 30 seconds of what he released. And I was like, this is going to be a banger. So I re-listened to that back to back, back to back. Now, when I went back and listened to a woman as a track, I was like, oh, underwhelmed. But now when I go back to it, I agree with you that this, this one has been a slow burner. And with time moving, it is really becoming a more beautiful uh, body of work. And I think Cement's Omalay's his footprint in the music industry because he has been giving us these short EPs and now saying, you know, I'm ready to give you a full body of work. And I think it took a little bit more time for this one to come. We had several delays of it and he was really growing frustrated uh, as he was heading to release this one officially because it was supposed to come out in May and then he shifted it to June and then all the way to July. So it is really a nice body of work that I think he himself is very proud of, but also had uh, a fair share of uh, stresses and everything else in between when he wanted to release it and when uh, they were actually ready to push it out to the world. Now, MJ, I'm going to take you all the way now back to TZ. Mm -hmm. And here I'm going to be talking about the one and only Harmonize. And uh, he's offering this year is called Made For Us. Uh, his album, that is his third, actually, uh, album and his fourth complete body of work. He is coming very strong on this one. It, ca it came out on October 28th. It has a total of 14 songs and 48 uh, minutes runtime. This, to me, MJ, I'm going to say it again uh, and just for everyone to hear. This is, to me, the best version of Harmonize. And this is what makes this album such a beauty to me because harmonizing here, he doesn't sound like anyone else but himself. He really, really delivered. And for this year alone, 2022, he has been the hottest feature in the country. Of course, with exception to the last, you know, two songs that he did, which were a little bit of like, I really didn't want to hear those ones because he had such a perfect run this year. And for every track that this man touched, it turned into gold. And he really is comfortable behind the mic. His pen has improved immensely. His productions as well, they are really, really up there. That is why I felt strongly towards this particular album. It is a nice body of work. And if you really get some time and sit down and listen to it, you're just going to be blown away by the growth that Harmonize has shown back to back all over these years. And in this particular body of work, he is cementing himself as that artist to watch out really and pay attention from Tanzania. And everyone else really needs to look at that and see this man for who he is and which is a very great pen and a very comfortable artist at this particular moment in this year. What are your favorite songs from Made For Us? So there is a song Leave Me Alone by Abigail Chums that he featured Abigail Chums in ah, there. That's a good track. Yeah. This was a very reflective song. You don't really think Harmonize can go there. You know, like how? Because in this particular song, 
he brought out the essence of Abigail in this song. Like, you can't not see how great Abigail is in this track. So she shined immensely. And that, that was because Harmonize really gave her that freedom. She, he wanted her to be that Abigail, that lady who sings or who came from singing gospel songs to sing in this particular track. And it is a really, really beautiful, beautiful track. I love the, the track as well, Deka, that he has Mabantu in it. He has worked with Mabantu before and he helped them immensely to drive one of their tracks to Iman's Heights. And they really uh, return the favor here. And I think you might want to also check out Mabantu because these guys have a very unique way to Tanzania, of course, in the way they deliver their music because they don't sound 100% like Tanzanians. They really have this flavor of gengeton fused, you know, with some uh, Swahili words in here. And this is evidently shown by the lyrics that they give you because they have a way of singing explicit lyrics in their songs, something that is not really very common with Tanzanian artists. Tanzanian artists tend to uh, layer uh, their explicit lyrics in a certain kind of way, but Mabantu really go and show you the explicit content itself as it is. So that is like they are borrowing that from the Gengetons artist. And I think if they just find a very nice linkage between them and some of the Gengeton artists and really worked on that frontier, they might really shine through in that aspect. And another track that I loved uh, is the last track of the album that is Ameloa. It is a very catchy song, vibes song in there. And it's really just a beautiful, a beautiful track to listen to. There are many others in the album, but um, these three to me stand out in a very unique way. Interesting. You see, the fact that Harmonize put out this album was really exciting for me, especially after you you put me on it and said, listen to this. I, and I think I told you uh, something along the lines of, I think this was almost like Harmonize, a free Harmonize. Like he he just found his voice from his heart. Now, my worry is this, the fact that at that point in time, his relationship was going very well. And now there are murmurings of, it doesn't exist anymore. Does that affect his music now? I mean, me and you are sharing the very same concerns that this might be something that might affect his career. But then again, it is harmonized. It is at, at certain times, you know, I'm just going to say it here. I think he is closely following the Diamonds book. You know, it is just to me now evident because. Look at the way he's dating. Look at the way his relationships end. It is like you have to have a woman, then leave her for someone else, and then, you know, make something out of it. Uh, I was talking to a friend about this, and we said, like, for artists, sometimes what may seem as tragedy might be used as a fuel to really create a very original piece of work. So, Adele. I'm still very optimistic that this might uh, not be the end of the beginning because he has also faced uh, a lot of other things with his label. Some artists have been departing from there. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Moruo King, says that Hamuna is the person that everything all at once is happening to him. And it has been that case with, uh, you know, his relationship going south. So. Let's wait and see what is yet to happen on that frontier. But, you know, I won't be surprised if he creates a body of work that is going to be, you know, him crying for that particular love that he lost and creating actually an amazing body of work. Because if it's one thing that I know about Harmonize is that he has already found the comfort in just singing and be behind the mic. And I think that is the huge strength. His pen is just beautiful to see. And so it is really, to me, anything can happen. And I'm really excited to see what happens on this particular point. 
yeah, we'll see how that goes. But um, I think he's done well. Uh, let's just hope he can use this as fuel. Hopefully. Now I'm taking you to DRC. And here we meet Ferre Gola. And uh, his album is Dynasty. Yeah. Here's one crazy fact about me and Ferre Gola. Mm-hmm. I really haven't listened to the guy, like paid attention. Never. <laughs> So please convince me, how did he find himself in your shortlist of the top 10? Look, it's understandable. He's, I think his influence is more to the, um, to the slightly older crew, um, <laughs> a little bit, seeing as um, he himself, I think he's like in his 40s or something, mid 40s. So in terms of the music that he, he he produces, it does, you know, appeal to a certain level. But I think what he did, he had some great features, undoubtedly Inos B, also from DRC, very good. And then Jose from um, Ivory Coast. And Jose is easily one of the best artists out there, for sure. And uh, there's also, I think, uh, Chile. Chile is also on this album and Chili is on um, Gazma Wete's album on a huge track, which is called 500 of Gazma Wete's album. So Chili is on, is on to something. But what I found about Ferragola's album was um, the music is very sort of, it's that chilled Roomba vibe, you know, with the nice guitars. But then there was interesting mixes of other genres, which you wouldn't expect maybe Ferragola to be doing, like a mix of rumba with uh, drill, for example. But then he's singing in the Congolese way. Bro, it was fire. It was like, damn, okay, this is interesting. Uh, But the standard was maintained from start to finish. I don't think of this album, there was like a true, 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 like, standout track that you're like okay this song was bigger than every other song on this album but all of them are like listenable really really listenable so um it was very nice just to see that i thought the album was a little bit long it's it's like an hour and 30 minutes but if you put it in the background you just listen to the vibes you start really having an appreciation for the art that's on there and i think he did really well for what I was expecting, I haven't listened to Ferragola much myself, to be honest, but I thought I'd give this um, album a try and I was pleasantly surprised. I think I'm just going to go with that route that you said, putting it uh, behind the scenes and work while listening to it. And I think I might find uh, something over there because he has to have something for you to choose him over everyone else in that zone. Exactly. And I trust your judgment that it is, you know, well and good. So I'm also going to be. Climbing up a little bit and going back to Nigeria again. And this time around, I'm talking about one of my favorite crew and that is Show Them Camp with their release this year. Oh, I knew you were going to have Show Them Camp, bro. Yes, they have Palm Wine <laughs> Music Series 3, which is a follow-up to their last year Show Them Camp Clone Wars Volume 5, The Algorithm, which to me was my best K-pop album last year. And I think that it was a deservedly winner of the Hades over Olamide's Carpe Diem. But somehow, awards end up disappointing people. It was just an amazing body of work. And this year, it came back again. And one thing, MJ, that I like about Show Them Camp, right, is these dudes know how to make albums. That is like undisputed truth. They know how to tell a proper story. They just know how to make a cohesive body of work. I mean, I'm listening to this album and I'm going and I like the skits. Do you know like how amazing that album should be for you to go and like the skits out of that? Because even the skits feel so much part of the album. They're not just extras. They are serving a purpose that is truly to storytell. And these guys are the masters of that particular thing. I'm just going to put it out there. Ghost and Tech are the best in this particular business. Like, you really can't come close to these guys. They just know exactly what they are doing. 
And another thing is the features. You know, it is 17 songs, 56 minutes runtime. It is impressive. You know, you meet Oxlade here. You meet Oge. You meet Loje. You meet Wool. You meet Manifest. I mean, Nsika David. It is just amazing. And they have this lady, Paulus Storms, as the guider of this love radio. Because this album was supposedly about love. They wanted to close the chapter of the Palm Wine series, Love. Now, you have Paulus Storms, who is an accomplished broadcaster in Nigeria, knows her stuff, like she knows what she's doing, and she is guiding you in this listening journey. It doesn't get better than this, bro. It doesn't get better than this. So, Show Them Camp, Palm One Music 3, is truly to me another testament of how Ghost and Take are just amazing storytellers. You know, you find terms in there as well. And uh, the album took some time to come. It was supposed to be out around July, but it came out on September the 30th this year. Nonetheless, it really doesn't disappoint. And the storytelling of it is just stellar and amazingly good to listen to. And the quality of the music, though, like it's superior, man. Just there was some I don't know what it was, but I feel like there was a cleanliness about about it. Like you hear all the percolating rhythms and you hear every instrument and it's clear. I, I, I love that about it. These guys don't play. They mean business in every like that word itself that they mean business is these guys. They mean business. Always. I'm taking you all the way to Cameroon and you have Loco and uh, the album is Era. This is a very new name to me. It is a new name, actually. Not a very, it is absolutely new. So let's walk around this one. What is it all about? All right. Um, just quickly. So Loco, I first found out about him from his song called, and my French is bad. It's called Je Serai La. And this song was huge, 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 huge. I think around 2017, 2018 in Cameroon. And so I've just been following him. And um, apparently he's, he's actually uh, signed to Universal. So, you know, you just don't get signed to Universal for no reason. But I've been following his music and... The era album, this man is ridiculous. That's all I can say. He's absolutely ridiculous. He's got um, a huge, huge hit off of there with um, with Tyke, and um, it's called Amina, and it's 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 a big song for this year. So he released Era on, I think it was like sometime in December in 2021. So it was like late December. So it's one of those late albums from last year, but it's more for this year. And it's beautiful. Um, 16 tracks. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's going to be even better if you understand French. I mean, music is the vibes, bro. Isn't it? Because I'm listening to stuff that I don't understand most of the time. And I'm like, I'm vibing with this. I'm listening to Fali Pupa. I know nothing about it. Yes. I listen to all these Francophone artists. And I'm like, I need to go and teach myself French now. Because how can I be missing on all these goodies? Like, I know the music, I love it. I don't understand anything. Now imagine if I could just pick like two or three words out of them. Exactly. And and you see, that's the law about the music. Cameroon is a hidden gem for African music for me. Where I think Cameroon just struggles is they got no clue how to export their music to the rest of Africa, to the level that Nigerians can do it. And I mean, most of our countries struggle to do that. But I think Cameroon... They do decent when it comes to collaborations with other artists from the francophone space, but they don't do a great job of then going beyond certain borders. And this is what you just find with artists like Loco, for example, like outside that Cameroon, maybe Gabon sort of um, geographical area. He's not really going to be an artist you, you know too much about, but then he's, he's pretty good. He's really, really good. But this album surprised me because there was a certain Afrobeatsness to it, but with that francophone twist. 
and um, the ability to harness some exciting soundscapes, but not try and almost like fully copy Nigeria, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and he, he, he teams up with some other really exciting artists, like I think Saisol. Saisol should be from uh, Cameroon as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, who's a very good artist, extremely good artist. Um, listened to uh, the EP from 2021 called Illusions, and it's brilliant music. You listen to it and you're like, why isn't this guy bigger than what he is right now? And it's the same case with uh, Loco. I mean, is a big artist in Cameroon. Don't get me wrong, but he should be a much bigger artist in Africa. Good to hear that, MJ. Are they not also big in places like France and Belgium in Europe? Sort of, but not not big enough, if I should say so. I mean, like the song Amina is huge, right? But outside that, I don't think they're benefiting as much from those overseas markets as, as they could, to be honest. All right, MJ. Uh, we are closing that uh, with Loco uh, Era album from Cameroon. And uh, I should urge you to really check it out as MJ's recommendation because I'm going to be checking it out. MJ, I'm going to finish up my run in Nigeria with uh, what I consider to be, I don't know if I'm going to call it a classic or to be classic album by MI, the guy. His 12th project overall since he started doing this music thing. And it was released on the 18th of uh, August. 2022 it has a total of 12 songs and a 40 minutes runtime it is really a mellow project you know uh mi has a very beautiful way of trying to mix you know that hip-hop and you know soft mellow tunes so he did exactly that in this particular album but the beauty of it and i think the most slipped on aspect of this one is that mi was able to pull in Olamide and Nas on one track. And that track is called Bigger. And it is, I mean, where have you seen such a phenomenon happen? You know, Nas again did another track with Tiwa Savage last year that I thought was also too brilliant, but somehow so slipped as a track itself. You know, so I think Nas has a way that he really is a unique artist. And whenever he jumps onto a song, that song really should be something. But most of the time I've seen this phenomenon that, you know, it feels like it's just another song. But really, when you go back and listen to that particular track and just knowing uh, how far Olamide and MI have been doing this music business, and now they are together in one track with Nas. You know, the biggest phenomenon that is Nas in there. It is just going to be mind-blowing because it is mind-blowing. And that was the, like the beauty of it. He has been able to merge the tests. It's not the only track that is there that is beautiful because all of that particular project sounds very, very matured, you know. And I think the name The Guy really, really like goes with this particular track, the stance, you know, uh, am I being uh, that particular person doing this thing for 12 projects now? So it is really uh, a sight and an amazing sound to get to hear. There's also a track uh, by One The Cool, The Love Song. We know One The Cool has been a little bit quiet, but he has been back in form of features. And, you know, One The Cool is this, Big, big, big deal of an artist. But he has been quiet for some time. And I think it is our hopes and prayers that he gets to return to the game and do a proper, proper body of work. And I think it might be sooner than later. And uh, there was also a track called Crazy that he is with Aussie Grace, which I think also uh, is a brilliant and amazing, beautiful uh, song and track in this particular album. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Nas because Nas is, um, I really feel like he has always um, done something super interesting for African music 
and with African artists, but you don't necessarily almost place it all the time. I remember back in the day, he actually did a song with um, Hip Hop Pansula. And it's not one of those songs um, where, you're, where you're like, ah, okay, this is a hit or whatever. But in many ways, it was an endorsement of um, Nas's love for African music in general. And he keeps doing that as we continue to, uh, to move with his career. But it's so exciting to see him always having a place or always having a way of um, making a song even better than what it is. And you do have to listen to him like multiple times um, to actually get to that place where you're like, okay, damn, the song is so awesome. Um, and there's something about it that I like. And that's what I've always listened, uh, always come across uh, just in Nas's works, other than um, when, he f- when he features on, on stuff. You listen to his stuff and you listen to it over and over again and you start picking up on so many other things that you wouldn't have listened to. Uh, you wouldn't have picked up on the first time. And I do that with a lot of his other works. And like, I mean, Illmatic is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. And he's still rocking right now, like Grammys and everything. That tells you a whole lot. Definitely. He's one of those very unique ends in the game. Uh, we are reaching the very end of our list. And uh, here I'm going to let you talk about Elin Juchi, Red Flag. Elin Juchi. Wow, dude, this guy is a phenomenal talent. And for us to even be talking about an album from Malawi right now almost feels against the rules because we typically don't even talk about music from Malawi, but they're doing something right, man. They're really doing something right. They're doing something awesome. And Ellen Juchi is young, but what he's giving the the landscape over that side is a chance to actually be heard on a wider scale. Um, he's got this crazy, crazy song called Goo Goo Goo. Go check out the video. Go listen to it. And you will realize how talented he is. This is not his first project. He has dropped, uh, I don't know if it's one or two, two other uh, projects, but um, over the last maybe three, four years, he's been one to watch and he's very young, but he carries the torch probably for the whole of Malawi right now. His album is so good. Um, He's got a song with uh, Prince Love. I think it's Prince Love from Zambia right now called Marry Me and it's blowing up. So look, I cannot not say enough good things about this guy. Um, he's got something special and something amazing. So yeah, worth checking out. We'll do check him up. And I think the thing that I love about us, us having this conversation is that you have a country as small as Malawi in uh, a shared environment with the biggest acts like Burnable. And the music is Brilliant. It's not just the, the, the name Elin Juchi is not just there because you have to fill up the list, but because he has done what we consider an, an amazing body of work altogether. The song in it is just, you know, mind blowing, as is Barnaboy's Love the Mini. So definitely you want to check out Elin Juchi as well uh, on uh, your list as you are closing the year. MJ, I'm going to be closing my list with um, this beautiful album that to me is arguably was supposed to be on the list of the Grammy nominations this year, if not winning it at all. Because this artist, Rokia Kone from Mali, has done an amazing job uh, with Bamanan, uh, which he features Jack Knife Lee, who is an Irish producer. So yeah. Rokia Kone, uh, Bamanan is actually her debut album, but she is a seasoned musician with 40 years old. She started singing at a very young age and she was part of the group called Le Amazons D'Afrique uh, that, uh, you know, was releasing albums and bodies of work together. So she decided to go on her own 
and created this 10 tracks um, album that has a 48 minutes runtime. Now, what makes this particular album just a beauty is that I know I have a very soft spot for the music that is coming out of Mali. I don't understand a word of French, just, just to put it out there. But I have been in love with this music for a very long time. And I would listen to anything really that comes out of West Africa and very specifically from Mali. So I found this particular taste in music just so beautiful. Like, I really don't think I've ever heard such an, an amazing vocal pattern. But not only that, the production out of this particular album is mind-blowing. You're going to be hearing everything very clearly. There's nothing that is left out. And the beauty of it is that it captures the essence of that region. You know, when you have an Irish producer and a Malian singer working together, and this Irish producer makes sure that he retains this particular sound, it is just, you know, a thing for the books, really. So, Rokia Corner's debut to me this year was really the highlight of the music. I mean, every album that we have mentioned so far is truly a brilliant body of work. But to me, Rokia Corner's Bamanan has been something that I'm going back to back almost all the times. When you look at a uh, uh, record label, the real uh, world record, it gives you this perspective. This album has been winning uh, several nominations as an album of the year. It has been almost everywhere in these big publications. So it is definitely one of those unique offerings that are coming out of Mali. And Mali being the land of some of the greatest musicians, of course, it is a really a no-brainer. But coming out from uh, a person like, like Rokia Kone, at 40 years old, by the way, it is just stuff for the legends, man. And this keeps her on that lane. Just, you know, mom, just stay here. Get to enjoy what an amazing body of work that you've done. And that was to me, Bamanan. That was Rokia Kone featuring Jackknife Lee. Nice. I gotta actually gotta listen to this album. Um, I haven't listened to it, but uh, the way you described it, just makes me really want to listen to it and just take it in. And it sounds like it's going to be a different, whole different lane of um, music, something outside what I would normally listen to. So I'm actually excited about that. Thank you for being with us for the whole time that we have been talking about the albums uh, this year that we are the top 10. We hope that you find something to add into your list of albums to listen to. We really haven't finished because we have the rest of like five more albums that we want to talk about uh, individually because these are going to be uh, entering in our long list format and of course we didn't talk about uh, the EPs so all of these are going to be coming to you on our next episode so till that next episode please do enjoy uh, the current list and let us know what has been uh, your favorite album or your list this year you can find MJ Womoto at MJ Womoto on Twitter and you can find me your host Mark Ngotoni at MC Ngotoni on Twitter as well. Share with us your list of the end of the year. What has been the highlight? What has been your best album? So till next time, it is bye-bye from us. <laughs>